Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. But something that everybody has requested multiple times that we talk about, and that is how your relationships can be affected by being in real estate, being a big personality in real estate. Um, Some of the people that work with spouses in real estate, how that affects things. Um, Raise your hand if you've ever had your job or your career affect a relationship in your life. Everybody's raising their hand. (laughs) Um, Some of us are a little bit more nervous to raise our hand than others, but um, you know, this is a real thing that happens and it can be, it can be really tough. So the first thing I think is when you're working with your spouse um, and you're very different personality because there's a lot of husband and wife teams out there or husband and wives that work together um you know usually the rainmaker finger quotes and i i hate that word but it's just the word that people use but um you know usually that rainmaker personality is a high d somebody who's very aggressive somebody who moves very quickly somebody who always knows what they want somebody who's always looking towards the future and that personality can be really hard on um spouses who sometimes end up being what I would say are support pieces because they're not as aggressive. I, I don't really know any couples who are both high D's. I don't really think that people organically in the real world, like in marriages match that way because I think that they would kill each other. But um, somehow, you know, it ends up being that like a high D gets partnered with a C or an S in business a lot. And that gets really weird really fast. So does anybody want to speak on what it's like to be partnered with somebody that you love that is a very different personality than you are? I guess I'll go. (laughs) I guess I'll go. I I don't know if I should say I got lucky or if Eric and I have just been together for so long that he just knows how to deal with me. I don't, I don't even know how to answer that, but I'm a D. Um, he's, he's not, (laughs) I'm very like, let's get this going. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And there's times where he's like, Whoa, pump the brakes. So like, I think Eric knows me and he knows how to deal with me probably because we've been together for 18 years and we've been in business together for six years. So maybe that's why we know how to handle each other. For me, it's hiring help. I've noticed that when I hire an assistant, they can't handle my D. They handle me. So that's when Eric has to step in and is like, okay, wait, hold on. So for me, it's not Eric, it's who we hire. They can't, I don't know how to handle them and they don't know how to handle me because I'm so straightforward and I'm so blunt and I'm so ready to go. So that's how it is for me, I guess. 
I think that's 100% accurate. I mean, I work with my husband. Um, we own our brokerage and sometimes he, well, not sometimes, pretty much all the time, he has to be kind of the intermediary between me and everyone else because I'm so intense, I'm so driven, and I'm probably difficult to be around. And it's not just personality type stuff. It's um, no one can outwork me. It's physically impossible. I haven't met anybody other than you girls that can work as hard as I can all the time. Um, and it's, it's an expectation that no one can live up to. And I think that's really, really difficult for people. And it's been difficult for me um, with friendships because I expect a lot out of people. And when I don't get it, then I get let down really easily. And then I just burn the bridge and don't look back. Um, so that's kind of been a theme for me and my business. When someone wrongs me on a level that I can't ever not forget, <laughs> Um, I have to cut them off completely and never speak to them again because I can't allow that negativity anywhere near me because it affects my business. It affects my, you know, my relationship with my husband. It affects everything. It consumes me. And so I have to cut it out. So if you're one of those people that are listening that have been cut out of my life, that's why. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would venture to guess we're all probably similar on that respect. And like, for me, it comes down to with friendships and things like that. Like I don't have time to invest the way that a lot of people do in relationships. So like as much as I would love to, I have to be really careful about protecting my time. So like, I'm not able to go to coffee every weekday at nine in the morning or, you know, an impromptu lunch at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I can't spend all day on the phone, just chit chatting. And, um, I've had girlfriends get very, very, very upset with me about that. I've shared this before, but most of my girlfriends who I love more than anything in the world. So, you know, that's important for me to say, but they're stay at home moms. And while running a household is incredibly important and not something that I could ever do personally. And it's really, really hard. It is very different um, than what we do. And so like, I've just had a lot of people that get really, really upset with me. And it's not that I don't want to be committed to a friendship. It's not that I don't love them. It's just that my time has to be utilized differently than some people's. And honestly, um, the more successful that I've gotten, the more that I've realized that it's really important to like protect your energy, whatever you want to call it, the space around you, you know? So like the other thing that I can't handle, and I realize it makes me sound like a bitch, but it's just the truth is gossiping all day long. Like I don't have time to sit on the phone and gossip all day long about what so-and-so is feeding her toddler or what so-and-so is, you know, cleaning her house with. Like I, I don't have time for that. And I guess that's where I shifted mentally maybe in the last like two years was it used to be, I don't have time for that. And I would get really frustrated that they would want that from me. And then I realized, I think the reason I was so resentful of it was I don't want that in my life because people of our personalities are always working really hard on growth and being bigger and being better and pushing. And it's really hard to like have the gas pedal down and be pushing a thousand miles ahead and then have that crap 
like dragging you down emotionally all the time. And you think you're going to have this really good, productive, positive day. And you're just like sucked into this yuck vortex. So I, I think I realized that I wasn't just resentful over them expecting that of me. Like I was mad at myself for allowing it, if that makes sense. Do you girls have like really, really, really good friends, like best friends, like that you talk to every single day? Mm -hmm. I don't talk to them every single day, which I think is the best part of our relationships. Like I think they're all successful in their own way and they're all successful in what they're doing. And we support each other with the phrase, this, you know, the five people you surround yourself with is who you become. Um, so these last few years, I've been very intentional about who's consistently in my life. And I make adjustments pretty frequently, just like Angela. Um, but I, there's always those two or three constants for me. And those people keep me grounded. They're my biggest cheerleaders. They're my biggest motivators and vice versa. And the best part about it is I don't have to talk to them every day. I don't owe them an explanation. They understand because they're doing their own thing too. So I think it just comes back to surrounding yourself with people that are like you or have similar goals and want to be bigger and better themselves. And it's just interesting enough, my best friend is actually exactly like me. She's a D, she's just like me. And we don't speak every day. Um, we can literally go a month or two without talking and literally I can text her or call her and we'll be right back where we were. Now we don't do that. Um, I do, I usually speak to her every day, usually. I mean, if it's a little text message here and there, um, but we can go a little bit without talking. Um, she, but we have the same personality. We're exactly the same. And we, we've had tiffs. We've had, we've had our fights. We've had our, we, we've had it out, but we're so alike. We sit there and we're like, this is stupid. Let's get over this. Um, so yeah, my best friend is actually just like me, which is kind of weird. You guys, do you ever find yourself, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I feel like this episode's going to be a little choppy and strange because this is really raw and emotional for us to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but like, do you ever find yourself in groups of people holding yourself back from who you really are just to try mm -hmm. to fit in? Because I feel like that happens to me a lot. Either I'm in a group where um, they're not career people or whatever. They're not visionaries. They're not bigger thinkers. And I'm constantly just like bobbing my head saying, oh yeah, how about them Broncos? Yeah, the weather's great. You know, and I don't talk about what I really want to talk about or where I will like try to assimilate on purpose to like not have to be, I just, my whole life, I've always felt like I don't fit in anywhere. You know, I, I don't fit in with the women because they're not as driven as I am. And I don't fit in the men group because I'm not one of them and they won't accept me. So I've just never felt like I fit in anywhere. You guys like that too? So like, this is where like the resting bitch face comes in for me. So like, just like you say, like when you're in a group with somebody and you don't feel like you fit in or you feel like you're, you can't be a part of the conversation. I don't want to say that I necessarily shut down, but I sit there and I have a look on my face that I don't want to be involved. And it's not that I don't want to be involved. I just sit there and I don't talk. So then immediately 
I'm the bitch because I didn't say anything or I didn't conversate. That's not the point. The point is, is I, there's, I, there's nothing for me to talk about because I'm, it's not, I'm not like you, you know? So why should I have to change myself to be in your conversation is how I look at it. And maybe that's uh, not cool of me. Maybe that's not open-minded of me. Um, but I, I guess I just shut down and I just sit there with resting bitch on my face. That's how it is for me. And I don't, I hope that they're not listening, honestly. Um, but I feel that way. My son plays baseball and football and I feel that way with the baseball and football moms. It's not that I don't love and adore them, but I find myself whenever they even say like, oh my gosh, things seem like they're going really good and you're so busy and, and right. the other, I find myself like poo-pooing it, right? Like I'm like, oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And oh, we yes. just this podcast and it's, it's nothing. Like I find myself constantly like almost making a joke about what I'm doing because yes. I don't. I just don't feel like I fit in and I don't feel like I have anything. And again, these women are some of my closest friends because I'm with them nine months out of the year, but I feel like the odd man out. I mean, and they're always together. Like they all hang out together all the time and yep. we're not invited that often. Like they all are up in the mountains this weekend. Ian and I weren't invited and it's probably because they think I'm too busy. I'm to do this just because got resting bitch face and doesn't get drunk with us and doesn't hang out. And so, you know, in my own personal daily life, like I feel like I'm constantly minimizing my success, my goals, my dreams, um, to fit in. So I understand that. Absolutely. I mean, that is something interesting that you brought up because I do that too a lot. Um, like I really, I'm obviously like, the resident nerd here. So I dumb myself down because I don't want to seem weird or like awkward. And then I do do that self-deprecating thing when people ask how my business is going. I'm like, oh yeah, it's fine, whatever. And I change the subject like as fast as humanly possible. And I don't really understand what that's about because there are a few women, like I can think of a few, not many, but I can think of a few off the top of my head that just own who they are. And if you were to ask them that question, they would say like, you know, this is the best year I've ever had in my entire career. I'll close through hundred units this year. Like I'm a badass bitch. Thanks for asking. And I don't really understand why I'm like, oh, it's good. I'm good. Like, I don't want to step too far outside of the box. But right. then I also get a little bit frustrated when I feel like people don't take me seriously because I'm humble. Well, no wonder they don't take me seriously. I don't tell them who I am, but I can't. I think part of that is when you're at this level in your career, it's really difficult with other women, especially because when we conversate um, or converse with them, it's hard for us not to come off as the my favorite two B words that are always associated with me, bossy bitch, um, every time. So there's no in between. There's no, like, you can't be proud of yourself and proud of the work you're putting in and tell the world about it without coming off as one of those two things. Um, and it's frustrating. So we hide it. Right. And when we hide it, then people are like, well, she just doesn't want to share any information because she's such a bitch. <laughs> right. It's like a double-edged sword. Like you can't, 
there's, there's no pleasing everyone. And I feel like we're all people pleasers for the most part. Um, and we're trying to please everybody else so much that we don't please ourselves. And it would be nice for us to take the credit because we've earned it, but we're afraid to. And I feel like the people that do constantly say, I'm having an awesome year. I'm doing this, 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 this. I look at them like, wow, that's cocky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I want to be able to do it myself, right? So yeah, I mean, I want to go back to that bitch thing for a second. Like, I just would love to ask you guys, okay, so here's how I feel about myself. I am actually like the ooeyest, gooeyest, softest, most empathetic, pathetic chick ever in the real world. And like the only time that I feel like I ever get actually bitchy is when someone takes advantage of that or when somebody doesn't give me enough credit for who I am, I feel like. But I very rarely feel like a bitch. Do you guys feel bitchy all the time? For as much as we get those comments, do you think that you're bitchy women? Because I know some bitchy women. I mean, you and I have talked about this numerous times. I, I think more, I think Angela and I, maybe more so than anyone else out of the four of us, get the bitch thing more than anyone else. It's because we're Leos and we're loud and we're obnoxious and we're opinionated. And we have really good personalities. We have amazing. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, I, I feel like I get it all the time. I've told you this multiple times, Lindsay, on personal conversations. And for the most part, like, I don't feel like that. Okay. You get, you get what though? Back it up I and tell people what bitch you get. Constantly. I get people. I mean, I have seen multiple messages. I have seen multiple, like multiple people, um, in my world, get attached to me in a really unhealthy way. And I, I don't know how else to explain this. I feel like there's a lot of people who try to skin me and wear me like last season's fur. And what they don't understand is I really don't have time for a multitude of relationships. I can have surface relationships. I can say, hi, I can talk to you once in a while, but I don't have time for really deep relationships outside of what I already have. <clears throat> and the truth is like, I don't want to. And then when they start to realize that, and they've become, they think that we're like BFFs, then they hate me, they talk about me, they post stuff about me on Facebook. Um, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of like cease and desist letters I've had to send because of people talking about me. And it's simply because I have hours, I work nine to three, I have two kids, I have a husband, mm -hmm. this is what's important to me. The rest of this to me is bullshit. I have a several really close girlfriends. I have an amazing relationship with my family. Like call it bitchy if you want to, like, I don't have time for a bunch of like fake relationships. Like I just don't. And I think that's why I have the reputation that I have. I don't have time for bullshit. I don't have time and I don't want to like take time off the table. Like I don't want to. Same. I, I'm exactly like you, Jessica. Like I, same, my family and everything outside of that is whatever. Um, and then I have close girlfriends, but other than that, I'm the same way. Like I, this has actually gone between Eric and I, like we've been, we've been in public and we've, 
we've left like a gathering or something and Eric's like, why don't you talk? Why don't you know, why don't you smile? Why don't you? And I'm like, because that's not me. I'm not going to talk and I'm not going to smile. That's not me. He's like, well, people think that they hate you. Well, then think that. They're, come to me and have a conversation with me. I don't hate everybody. Um, I don't feel bitchy. No, I don't feel bitchy at all. Um, yeah, I get that but, all the time. Um, like I, Ryan, I've gotten that a lot from Ryan. Like, you know, you don't engage with your office. Nobody at your office knows you. Same. You should go to the social parties. You should do the this. You should do the that. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I have only a limited amount of time in the day and I have a lot of shit that I have to do before the day is over. And then if there's any time at the end of the day, I want to spend it hanging out with my family and the people that I love and like the friends that I actually have. Like, I don't really need a lot of friends. Like I'm not an antisocial person. I'm actually a hugely social person, mm -hmm. but like, I just like a close tight circle. I mean, I don't need to be friends with everybody in the entire world. I don't have freaking time for that, but right. yeah, it's just another pick, 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 pick at my personality, I feel like, which is really I, I feel like those smaller gatherings, like you're talking about, like going to the real estate offices and stuff like that. Like, I'm again, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I want to spend my time with my clients, my friends, and my family who I know, love, and adore. I don't need to spend time with a bunch of other real estate agents. I just don't. I spend time with the three of you. But I also think that I need in my life. nobody would ever put these weird things on a man. Like Kristen, I don't think you would ever turn to, and I want to be really careful. Like when we talk about this, women and our roles in the world type of stuff like this is not like this podcast is not meant to be some statement of like feminism we're no. just talking about our lives and how we feel but like nobody would ever go to eric and be like eric why don't you talk to those people more like nobody would ever go to ryan and be like ryan why don't you show up at the social gatherings they would assume right. that they were busy no one would ever say to right. you resting bitch face <laughs> I have virgin resting veg face pretty freaking hard. I mean, they um, would look at a man and they would go like, oh my God, no wonder he looks like intense. He must be really busy. We should probably go work with him to buy or sell a house because he's obviously very successful. And with us, it's like, what you, you have to put on a show. Videos? Yeah, that, that's a really good way to put it. You have to put on a show. Yeah. I, I, I have been told, um, on many occasions that people are actually scared to approach me and they're actually scared to talk to me and like I'm heartless I'm just gonna straight out and just say it that if that's how you feel about me then I don't want you in my life like you know what I mean like if, if you're scared to approach me and not have a conversation with me that's your problem <laughs> that's how I look at it just I'm not a scary too. person just because of a look on my face well, I think that success is intimidating to a lot of people. Right. And, and I think that's part of it. It's, it's not, we're not intentionally being intimidating. It's just, we are by who we are and what we do. And we do a lot of things that a lot of other people, men or women haven't done and maybe won't do in their whole lives. And so that is intimidating for a lot of people. 
Um, so I understand that on some level and I get that a lot. Um, I will say I agree with Jessica 100%. I have surface encounters. I have surface friends and that's what I call them all the time. Um, but I don't have full disclosure. I don't have any like friend friends other than you guys that I talk to or want to talk to because I choose to spend my time with my husband who is my best friend, um, and my kids. And I don't, I don't have time to call other people. Like this business sucks so much out of you that I don't have that much to give. And what I do have left, I certainly don't want to spend at a social hour having drinks with the world's largest alcoholics, AKA the realtor association. Like I just don't want to do it. It doesn't provide anything. It doesn't give me any value and I can't help anybody by going to that kind of thing. And that's what drives me. So I'm not going to do it. It's just a personal choice. And I, I, I feel like I get a lot of flack for it and that's okay because people don't understand me and that's all right. I just don't feel like I have to explain myself. So there's no value in it at the end of the day. I mean, like we barely have enough time to take care of ourselves, take care of our business, take care of our families. And we're always running like crazy. And I don't think that people realize yeah. how much that's true. But like, I mean, if you have time to go for cocktails or happy hour five days a week, then kudos to you. But I, I do not, but I don't like feeling guilty that I don't. And I, I don't know. It's not fair. I think that we make it look so easy, the success thing, um, that people don't really see the rawness and what all the work that goes into it behind the scenes. So they assume they're, it's like, it's like HGTV and what real estate really is, right? There's what people think we do and what we actually do. And they're very, very different. And so that perception becomes somebody else's reality and we can't change that. Um, but it is what it is. And well, why does it even come from other realtors though? Like that's one thing that is interesting to me, like other realtors, you know, like I get other people who don't work in this business. They don't understand that we never shut off. They aren't running like we are. I get it. But like other realtors even bag on us for it. Um, because they're not running a high volume well, business. I mean, like I, again, I'm going to sound like a total bitch when I say this, um, and I'll probably catch a lot of flack for it, but truthfully, other real estate agents are one, the laziest group of people I've worked with. Two, they're also the most judgmental group of people I've ever worked with. They're the first people to talk about your numbers. They're the first people to talk about the way that you write a contract. And they're also the first people that are sitting at home and have time to go to happy hour and cocktails and all this other stuff five days a week. So um, I think that's why we catch it the most from other real estate agents is simply they don't understand because they're like the rest of the world too. Yeah. The bar is set so low in our industry that I think that's part of the reason why we're so successful and why it looks like we're doing so much more is because there's the majority of the people that are doing a lot, lot less and they're okay with that. And that's totally fine. That's just not how we operate. Any of us. So. I just always feel, um, not good enough. Like, I just feel like I'm going to be hated no matter what I do. And Same. it's in yeah. all areas of my life. So if I'm Same. not successful enough, that's a problem. If I'm too Same. successful, that's a problem. If I'm too big personality, too big of a thinker, too much of a visionary finger quotes, that's a problem. But if I'm quiet and meek and don't push hard enough, that's a problem. Um, and it, also in my personal life, 
if I spend too much time with my kid, that's a problem. Not enough time with my kid, that's a problem. Too much time with my friends, that's a, like, it just feels impossible right. to me. Like, honestly, um, to ever feel like I'm winning at anything. Do you guys feel like that too? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've been struggling with lately, specifically to our life is, you know, I just touched on the baseball and football. Those are my husband's best friends the guys that we play, the dads that we play baseball and football with. And sometimes I worry that like, he doesn't get invited to stuff because I'm not liked and like, I'm not wanted. And so Ian is getting kind of like the byproduct of me being me um, and causing issues. And I'm, I don't want to say causing issues because guys are very different, but I feel like sometimes he feels left out and I think sometimes it's because I'm not wanted and I'm not liked and I don't, they don't want me there. So he doesn't get invited. And, and then by proxy, Hayden's a little bit left out because the boys are bonding more because they're together all the time. And, and we're like the third wheels over here. I agree 150,000%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I hold my husband back from friendships and relationships that he would normally have because... I'm intimidating or whatever it is. Um, there's always something, some problem with me that is why he doesn't, you know, get to keep the friends that he's had or whatever, you know, and it is really hard for me. Like I, I, on one hand, I want to try and fit into that mold of what like the wife is supposed to look like and feel like and do, you know, and on the other side, I can't do that. I can't, I'm not fake and I can't hide it. And I don't feel like I should have to change who I am. Like, it's, why is it so hard to find other people that are on the same level? I don't understand why that's so hard. Like, why doesn't, why don't people want to be more, do more and see more and, and all of that? Like, they just don't. And it's, it's frustrating. I find that my best friends, um, for the most part, outside of you guys are men every time because there's less drama and there's no like, for lack of better terminology, there's no like dick measuring contest. <laughs> and I feel like with other realtors, there always is. Like when you lead with, I've been a realtor for X amount of years. I don't fucking care how long you've been a realtor because some of the best realtors I've met have just gotten their license and they care more about taking care of their people than anybody else. So the second you lead with that, I immediately hate you. Um, so I don't know why people do that, but that drives me insane. So that's just one of my quirks, I guess. It's just a box. Like, I feel like there's a box yeah. that's this big that I'm supposed to fit into. And I don't fit into that box. And I mean, it's just, it's lonely and it's sad. And yeah. it's been my whole life vacillating back and forth between like, do I shove myself in this box in order to be liked by people or do I authentically be who I am and fuck the box? But, um, they both don't feel good. Like it's, yeah. it's just really hard. I think the, older people... I get, the more that it doesn't matter to me. Um, I have a great, like I said earlier, like I have a great relationship with my mm -hmm. husband. I have great relationships with my girlfriends. I have an amazing relationship with my family as a whole. The older I get, the less, that it matters, but I will, I mean, but I, I still find myself like that high school side of you, you know, where you want to be the pretty cheerleader, right? And you want to be, you want to fit in because 
at the end of the day, like that's what humans want. We want interaction. And so as much as I don't care, there's this, I mean, I got emotional talking about, I feel like Ian suffers because of who I am. I mean, there is no winning. And I think that if people understood how often, like I cried about this kind of stuff or my feelings were hurt, people have this opinion that I'm this hard ass bitch who doesn't give a shit about anything. And like, I'm really actually at the end of the day, a giant softy and my feelings get hurt more than I would ever care to admit to anybody. Oh yeah. So I think the exterior is protecting everything inside. It's supposed to anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't usually, it always ends up, you know, getting hurt and getting disappointed and all of that all the time. Yeah. And Lindsay, talking about that box, I think that some people are meant to be in that box and the rest of us are meant to stand on top of it. But unfortunately, we have to find the others that are standing on top of it. So we just have to look higher. Um, mm. And it's just hard to, to see it sometimes, but we have, to, we have to find those people so that we can surround ourselves with them because it's not doing anybody any good. Um, you know, I'm not getting better as a person to, you know, hang out with the same, you know, three people that are in the same place in their lives and businesses when I want to be up here, I can't learn anything. I can't, you know, I can't teach them if they don't want to learn and I can't be at a different place because I can't learn from them. And so I have to constantly switch those people out and I'm not trying to use them. I'm just trying to find common ground. And when I can't find common ground, I have to cut them out. I feel like within the last two years, I have developed or maybe even I've had a ha ha moment of cool. I don't want you in my life. You don't want me in my life. I really don't care. I, I love my family. I have an awesome family. My husband gets, gets along with my family. I get along with his family. Um, I have friends. He has friends. We all get along. And I feel like because I have that, I'm okay. Like if somebody else comes in, they come in. Somebody goes out, they go out. I'm to the point where I don't care anymore. I know who is with me and I know who is not with me. Amen. And to kind of touch on that, and you guys might be mad at me for bringing this up, but like we've even had a, we've even had difficulties as a foursome figuring out our space within the four of us. I think that again, people look at this and go, oh my gosh, there's four women and they're doing these great things together, which is true. Um, But even like within our space, we've had a hard time finding our space within the four of us. Like I know for me, you know, out of the four of us, um, I don't close as many transactions as the other women do. And so I have felt like I had to um, really prove that I can be here and hang out with these girls and that I can provide value to them. And in all of our bumps and bruises that the four of us have had in doing all of this, I know that one, I've learned a ton about myself. Two, I've learned a ton about the three of you. Three, we do all have our own thing to offer and we do offer value to each other. And four, the amount of stuff I've learned in the last like three months since we really decided to do this, whether it's from you guys or the people we've had the privilege to interview, like I know for a fact that I'm a better person for being with you guys. And I would go through it all again 
And I would go through all the fights again and all the bullshit again, because I know that the four of us are better together and we're better now than we were three months ago. Absolutely. 1000%. All right, guys. Um, we started to go there and then we shied away because this is really gnarly. So let's go back to marriages. Um, let's talk about what it's like to work with somebody who is different than you are and um, the pressure that that puts on you in the business and at home. And then let's also talk about for people that don't work with spouses, um, what this personality and this drive for more is always uh, bringing into your life and your marriage. So um, who's brave enough to talk about that first? I guess I will go first. Josh, um, make a guest appearance today because they're both home. <laughs> oh God. Um, so I work with my husband. Uh, we own a real estate company together. We are very, very different, but still kind of similar um, in some ways. But um, it's really difficult. Uh, it is sometimes, I mean, lots of, for lots of reasons. Um, it's mostly me. Um, I feel like understanding that I'm not the norm and I'm not a normal person has been really helpful for me with this. <laughs> um, I am terrible at delegation, straight terrible. If I delegate something to my husband and it doesn't get done immediately in the exact same way that I want it to be done, um, it causes me to take it over. And it's not helping. Same. It's not helping anybody. It's making it worse for him. It's making it worse for me because I start to resent him um, for something so stupid um, as, you know, just he didn't send out an amendment extend in, in time or something. And now I have to do it. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, I think the problem is that my life is constantly run on I'm always at 110, right? Like I can't ever be on just like 95. And that's frustrating. It's hell for me inside internally. There's like constantly a struggle um, inside of me that's like, is whatever somebody else is going to do gonna be good enough for me? Or am I gonna have to go back and redo it anyway? So if I'm gonna have to go back and redo it anyway, why don't I just do it myself the first time? And then I get so much stress because I'm not delegating it and somebody else is willing to help me it's like the worst double-edged sword on the planet. And yep. when you work with your husband and you're relying on that person to help you with that and you're not letting them, and then you're still pissed off at them, it comes down to it's you, you're the problem. And I'm the problem here. And I don't 100% know how to fix it, but I'm working on it. Um, I'm doing the best I can. What was that, Jess? that we're always going to be the problem. We're the loud ones. We're the opinionated ones. Yeah. The driven yeah. ones. And even when it's not on us, it, it's on us. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's, um, he's like the visionary of our relationship. Like he's constantly the one that's coming up with really good ideas. And I'm, I'm the one that's executing. Like it, it drives me insane for somebody to come up with so many good ideas and then not put them into action. So I feel compelled to constantly do the things that he comes up with. And so that sometimes for me becomes overwhelming, obviously, because I can't say no. I'm one of those people. I can't say no. I just do it until I hit the wall and I have to pass out and fall asleep. 
Um, and I work from the time I wake up until the time that I go to sleep. And sometimes I'm working while I'm sleeping, I think, because I have weird dreams about like, did I miss, you know, a deadline or something? Um, but I don't know how to change that about myself. And I don't want to, I don't want it to affect my relationship with him anymore. Um, so something has to change. And I don't know exactly what that is. So you don't have to go into detail, but I mean, has this dynamic affected your marriage in negative ways? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, um, I distance myself from things that I don't want to deal with. And so I distance myself from my husband and, um, my family often, and I throw myself into work, which is not healthy. Um, my clients become basically my buffer <laughs> between life. Um, so they become my surface encounters and like my friends for 30 days, right? <laughs> Cause that's about my attention span. Um, and so that becomes where do I spend my energy and what, whatever I spend my energy on is what's most important to me. And if I'm putting something else over my husband and my family, it becomes a huge stressor and I, don't know how to stop it. I just need to figure out how to enjoy not being in control all the time because I really don't want to be in control of everything when I'm at home. The last thing I want to choose is where we're going to eat. Um, it drives me insane. I do not give a shit where we eat. I don't care. Um, I don't cook very often. So we go out to eat very often, like every night probably. Um, so that is one of the decisions that I don't want to make. I don't want to always be the decision maker. I really don't. You know, I, my personality at work and my personality at home are very different. Um, and sometimes I just want to shut off the office and I don't know when the office shuts off and the relationship starts and when the relationship stops and the office starts, like, I don't know how to, the lines are too blurred. And so that causes a huge amount of stress. Um, and so I typically will shut down and just be quiet and let whatever's going to happen, happen and take it. Um, and I don't know how to channel that into something positive, I guess. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for that, because that was super brave of you, um, to say all that. So, so thank you for being so honest and, and vulnerable there. But, um, I, I want to touch on something that you said, aggressive and driven women are aggressive and driven in my opinion, for a reason. Um, and I think that that's a huge misconception that we always want to be in charge and we always want to be these ball busting bitches and we always need everything to go our way. That's actually not what I want whatsoever at all. Like what I want is a Christian gray. Like I want somebody that is aggressive enough to out aggress me. Like I want somebody who will be like, no, this is what we're doing. No, this is where we're going. I'm walking in front of you, you know, this is where we're like, I get so tired and exhausted on like a soul level from having to be the leader all the time. I don't want to lead at home. I hate it. And I think that that's a common misconception about women of our personality type. But the issue is that we are so used to leading and we can't stand for something to not go right mm -hmm. that we yeah. jump in and do it anyways. But I don't know. I mean, do any of you want that? Do any of you want to be like 
the head of the household and the boss at home too, just because you're the boss at work. I mean, I don't. I just want to feel like, like a woman and catered to when I yes. get home and feminine for lack yes. of a better terminology. Um, but I <laughs> have to allow my husband to wear the pants every once in a while. And I don't. <laughs> he's in the other room right now. And I think he's probably going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> So like exactly what you do, exactly what you two have said is exactly what's going on with me. But it's so funny because I want Eric to take the reins sometime. I want him just to take it and go. But then when he does, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. This is me. And then I have to be like, wait, Kristen, wait, hold on. Whew. Whew, let him take it. Because then he'll start taking it and start like leading and it freaks me out. But then I have, to, I have to calm myself down and be like, it's okay, Kristen. He sees what's going on. He wants to calm me down. Just let him go. But for the most part, I'm just like, you cook dinner. You pick where we eat. You do this. I don't want to do this. You know, like I'm I never want to make head. another decision in my life ever. Right. I decide I all day. I'm done. I do, it, I do it in my head. And then I don't tell him. And it just like, it just keeps going and burning and burning inside me. And then I explode on him. But why can't he read your mind? Why can't my husband read my mind? I don't understand. This should be, we've been married for how long now? Figure it out, right? Exactly. (laughs) I think it's just really hard. Like for me, obviously it just always keeps going back into that. I never feel good enough. I'm never good enough for anybody. I'm never good enough for my family. I'm never good enough for my husband. I'm never good enough for my clients. Like, and I hate... Like, I can't stand feeling like that at the end of the day. It's like, you know what? I've given my heart and my soul, my physical body and everything I have to this all day long. And if it's not good enough, then fuck all of you lately is kind of how I felt. Like, it's just too much. It's not fair to expect us to be the income earners and to put ourselves out there emotionally on the line every single day to do what it takes to keep running big businesses and then be angry with us all the time for all the stuff that we're letting slide. And I do feel like nobody would ever say that. Lindsay, what do you think good enough looks like? Who do you think is doing it better than you that you look up to that you can say like, that girl has it all together and I wish I had that. Who is that? Like what... Is there a person like that? Kim Kardashian, duh. Right? I mean, there's, there's some women that I know that run big businesses that I feel like I would look at and say that they have it all together. But they're also like, it's a combination of all the stuff we've been talking about. They're also better with leverage. Like they have more assistance than I've ever allowed myself to have. They've got probably help in the household. They've got you know, at least part-time nannies for the kids, they've got personal assistance. So I think it's easier to look more put together if we were somehow able to give up more control. Um, But I mean, to me, that just goes right back to like, I'm not good enough. Like, why the hell do I need a nanny? Why do I need somebody to do my grocery shopping? Why do I get a house cleaner? You know, like, why do I need another assistant? Like, I'm just not good enough. And I get that that's inside me, but I would venture to guess that 
probably all of us in one way or another feel that way. And most people that are most women that are like us too, because I mean, for me, like, I mean, I a hundred percent think that's why I work so hard. I'm always trying to prove that I'm good enough. Who are you proving it to? I don't know. <laughs> my husband, for sure. My family, um, myself, you guys, everybody around me. I mean, yeah. And you know, people have asked me a lot in my life, like, when is it enough? Like you've done so much, like, when is it enough? And my answer is always, never. I'll tell you when I get there, it's never yeah. enough because I don't know how I'll ever feel like I ever proved that I'm good enough. Because again, I don't get a seat at the girl's table. I don't get a seat at the boy's table. So I'm just out here by myself, not good enough to sit with either. And it sucks. But are you okay with that? Cause like I am, I'm like, I literally like middle finger in the air. I don't care. I mean, I'm working really hard on it, but clearly not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not okay with it. I'm on team. Let's build a different table. Um, <laughs> like if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit into a box, like that's fine. Let's build a new box that it'll fit into. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Lindsay, it's really hard because I feel the same way. Um, and I think this all comes back for me personally. This is going to be like, I'm going to try not to cry here. Um, this all comes back to my dad. Um, so I watched for years of my life, my dad treat my mom like complete and total shit. And I never want to be the one that's treated like that or the one that's treating somebody like that. So I need to figure out how to be completely and totally independent. And if that means being lonely, it is what it is for me. Um, it's safer for me to not have a whole bunch of friends that need more of me when I don't have that to give. Um, I would rather give that to my husband um, and for my very small circle of friends that I have, that's why I don't have many. I have lots of surface encounters. Um, but my dad has been a toxic thing in my life um, that I have tried to forget about and push out of my mind and never deal with. Uh, my parents' divorce was very hard for me. Um, my parents divorced when I was, I think, 12 or 13. And um, I remember everything. So um, it's like a bad nightmare that I keep reliving. And trust me, I do have therapists. <laughs> so I've, I've dealt with it with her. Um, but for some reason, I'm trying to impress someone and um, make somebody proud of me that could not give less of a shit about me. And that is something that I have to figure out how to get over um, because I don't, I really don't feel like I need to impress that person because I don't think that he values me enough to care. I mean, I think if you looked, if you looked at the psychology of high achievers and we've kind of touched on this a little bit before, there's something in all of our past that we're either outworking or outrunning from or compensating for. Um, I don't think anybody would choose the lives that we've chosen, which, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's people listening to this that would kill to have the businesses that we have. And at one point in my life, I would have killed to have that business too. But like for me, um, this business has come at such a high cost personally. Like I'm not 
really willing, and I'm sorry to go into that in detail right now, but this business destroyed my life, like a hundred percent. And, um, there's, there was always something I was out working or out running or something that I was trying to prove to somebody. And I don't think anybody that chooses to live this way doesn't have that in their past. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, like when you see people that are this successful, there's something bad and ugly and disgusting that's happened in their life that they're out working. And while you might want that success, you don't want what all comes with it. You don't have any idea the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice that comes with success sometimes. And people say they want success, but they don't know what it takes to get it. This isn't something that happens overnight. This is something that is a lifelong thing. Jess, do you want to talk at all about what it's like to not work with your husband, but what it's still like to have this job put pressure on your marriage? Um, so I think Ian and I have found, you know, a relatively decent balance. I mean, things certainly aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but <clears throat> I think we have a really, we do, we just have a good marriage. Um, he works for the railroad, so he's gone a lot. Um, we do split household responsibilities pretty 50-50. Um, he handles all the bills. He does grocery shopping because I hate it. He cooks because I hate that too. Um, I really only like food to eat. I don't like to do anything else with it. <laughs> um, I think the biggest issue that we have when it comes to this business, um, we even touched on it a little bit this weekend where I made the comment that if I, if I don't take a day off, he's going to leave me because he is so tired of me doing for everyone else and not the family right now, which has been very true, especially these last 12 weeks. Um, our biggest issue is the phone. Um, I'm always on the phone, whether it's answering texts or emails or Facebook tags for referrals. And that's because I feel like nothing can be left undone and I have to get everything and answer everybody. And I can't leave my clients without a response and I can't leave anything undone. But in the meantime, I'm ignoring my family while they're watching a movie or I'm totally unengaged while we're having dinner or just whatever that looks like. So for me, the phones are our biggest fight. But how do you, how do you deal with, like, what is the answer to that? That's why it always feels like it's impossible because I mean, how many of you live on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis afraid of not being able to produce business? Raise your hand. Okay. So that's everybody, all four raise their hands. So being the income earner, being the head of the household financially, feeling this incredible pressure that everything is always on our shoulders and everything's going to fall apart and somebody's going to come and take our business away, whatever it is that you're feeling like. How, how do you shut off your phone? How do you not continue to work all the time? I mean, what is, there's no right answer. You can't win. Nope. Mm -mm. I think it's especially hard for uh, wives or husbands that have a partner that's not in the business. I think it's, I think it's more difficult because they don't understand to a point that, 
if I don't answer this text message right now, like we could possibly lose a deal and not have income for the next month. Um, so I feel like it's extra hard for couples who other partner is not in the business with them because they don't fully get it. So Ian was actually the OG real estate agent of the Lentz household. He and his grandpa used to own a real estate company in Littleton prior to the real estate crash and prior to um, his grandpa passing away. So he gets it, but real estate 15 years ago was really different than real estate today. You had to set appointments to go meet with people. You didn't have text messaging. You didn't have CTME contracts. You didn't have all this technology. And so now it's like, all the time, grab, 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 grab. You're available 11 o'clock at night, five o'clock in the morning. So it is, it's a balance of how to shut it all down. So he gets it just to an extent, I think. I also think that there's a big difference between um, families or couples that work with each other, like where one is exclusively responsible for the sales side of things and the other one's responsible for the office side of things, because I just, you know, the sales side of things, like you're always on, you're always running, you're always answering, you can't shut it down. And you're the one that feeds the office side of things. So you're always panicking about keeping the business going and keeping all those balls in the air. But I mean, there's a distinct difference there too. Like the, the salesperson for all intent and purposes um, is the one that's really running like a madman. And I think that the people that run the back office side, like I've said that many times, like, why don't we switch? <laughs> let's switch for three months and let's let you go out there and make the deals happen and make the rain and all go in and do the back office stuff. Because I think that you maybe need to get a little bit of a glimpse of what it's like to be the business driver all the time. Do you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I wish that I wasn't. Um, I wish that I just worked at a nine to five job and got paid a salary and I could go home and shut it off and I didn't have to worry about it. Um, right. But I feel like some people are meant for more than that. Yep. And that's us. So, and that's a lot of people and they just don't know where they fit in. And so, because it's so lonely at the top, like they say, um, you know, we, we tend to self have, have many like self inflected. In, why can't I speak today? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly looking at myself and saying, what am I doing wrong? You know? Um, and why aren't I good enough? And unfortunately that manifests itself in all kinds of different ugly ways. And it's, um, something that I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of people do, but I think we're all kind of struggling to fit in. And that's, that's, the, the theme here is nobody's perfect. Nobody has it all together. Um, we're just honest about it. You know, like it, it's never going to be perfect. Our lives are never going to be perfect. Our marriages are never going to be perfect. Relationships, romance. I don't even know what romance is. I gotta be honest. With you. <laughs> um, to me, it's like Josh will bring me like my favorite candy at night or something from Walgreens. Like that's absolutely that's right. I don't, I don't need, um, you know, to go out to a fancy restaurant or whatever, like Taco Bell is just fine with me. Like he knows my, my stuff. And that's like romantic to me that I don't have to like tell him my order. <laughs> right. Um, the bar set pretty low for me in the romance department. So, <laughs> but I just, I want people to understand that like, 
you know, you don't have to worry about fitting in. Um, there's always going to be people like us that are the outsiders. And that's kind of why we have this group is we want you guys to all have a place and a sounding board and a voice. Um, because it does get lonely and quiet at the top. And, you know, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we're your advocates and we're here to help you too. Um, as much as we want to help you, it would, we would love, you know, for you guys to step in and say, Hey, it looks like you're having a really bad day, Angela. Like what's going on? <laughs> you know, like we would like that kind of thing. We want, this is our version of what friendship might be, even though it's probably, we're probably never going to meet you um, in person. It'll all be online, but you know, I think that it's really important that we learn to have relationships in this age of technology. And this is kind of what a friendship looks like now. And it's kind of weird, right? right. But um, I think that it's important. So, and yeah, so, oh, sorry, Kristen, go ahead. It's okay. Um, and it's okay not to do 100 deals a year. It's okay to do 10 deals a year. It's okay to do 20 deals a year. It's okay to be a husband and wife team in this business and want to be at each other's throats. It's okay to be a single agent working million hours a day. If that's what you choose to do, that's what you choose to do. That's why we're here. We're here to show you that we're four different women who come from four different walks of life that have complete different businesses. Even though we're in the same, you know, business, we have different businesses. Um, and it's okay. We're not perfect. We don't always have our hair done. We always cry. We're always cussing. We're always fighting at somebody. Our marriages aren't perfect. We're always hungry for something else. That's why we're here. But that's what our normal looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just want to take a quick second to say to people also that, um, I mean, I don't even know how to say it because it's so ridiculous and emotional, but um, your business is not the only thing in the world. And I think I shared this on another episode. Um, I read something about balls like your work is a rubber ball your business is a rubber ball but there are balls in your life that are made of very fragile glass if your business you know you falter you can bounce that ball and it'll bounce back up um, there are some things in your life your your family your children your relationships with those people that are really important to you that are made of glass and if that ball drops it shatters and it's highly unlikely that you're able to put it back together again um, and it's very easy to feed into, I need bigger and I need more. And that's not always an ego thing. For me, that wasn't an ego thing. I come from a place in my life where I've never not been afraid, never not been anxious, never not been scared one second in my entire life. And so working really hard was the only way that I knew how to outwork that and make myself feel a little bit more comfortable. And I also just firmly believe that I was doing the right thing for my family. I was taking care of them. I was providing for them. Um, I was doing the only thing that I've ever been good at and know how to do, but it broke my life and it's not repairable. So I just want people to know that more and more and more and bigger, bigger, bigger and better, better, better. It doesn't always mean better. It's not always the answer. Um, and there are other things in your life that are more important than your business. I would rather starve 
and go back to which has been very real in my life. And I've had very real moments like that. I would rather live on 99 cent top ramen um, in a tent down by the river with the people that I love than make the top of every list and have it destroy things. So, um, you know, I guess I just want to say I'm a little bit of a cautionary tale that our personality, um, it can be destructive. And you have to watch that too. And it doesn't come from a bad place. We're not egomaniacal weirdos that are like, I need to be the biggest thing in the entire world. I, again, think that it comes from a place of either needing to prove something, wanting to prove something, wanting to fit in or outrunning or outworking something that we've had in our lives that has hurt us. And this is the only way that we can feel to keep it in check. But um, I do think this business can be extremely destructive for sure. Absolutely. It messes with most marriages and um, most relationships as far as I've seen. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Yep. How do you keep it in check, Angela? How do you prioritize what's more important? You know, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's really just thinking about those things. And, you know, this week, um, my husband's been gone, he's been away. And so I've been the husband and the wife, and I've realized very quickly what roles I don't want to do ever again. So um, that's been kind of a blessing in disguise. So um, I don't have, I like, I'm super insecure. And I think that my personality and my outer layer um, tries to protect that massive insecurity that I have inside. I don't have the maternal instinct that a lot of women have. I don't have it. Um, I love my kids to death. I would do anything for them, but I really and truly cannot sit there and help them with their homework. Like it infuriates me watching them fight over dumb shit. It makes me angry and I don't know how to like, I have to like go for a drive and like get away from it work is my escape. And I'm super insecure about that because my mom was an incredible mom, but I don't have that. Like, I don't want to just like hug them for hours and hours and hours. I want them to go and I want them to, I want to teach them like the foundation of how to be a good human. And I want them to learn on their own, like how to be what that version of themselves looks like. But I won't be there for all of their games. You know, I, um, I, I got to work. I got to provide for them. I got to make sure that they're set up in case they fall. Um, in the future, I want to make sure that there's a net. Um, so I feel a tremendous amount of pressure for that kind of thing. Um, I, I have a question. Um, how many of you guys have ever been told that you're emasculating? Every day of my life. All right. So everybody raised their hand again. So this is another real one. Um, that's really hard. So like, Oh my God. Um, how do you deal with you being the driver, you being the provider, you being the high D and having a partner who is less of a driver, less of a high D and naturally the flow of your marriage and the household, you know, that means that like all of the small tasks that finger quotes a woman should be doing 
or all of the menial tasks that nobody wants to be doing naturally flows over to that um, less aggressive personality and that becoming a resentful thing. And when I say, how do you deal with that? I hope everybody that's listening realizes that there's no answers to these questions, just stuff that is very real that we all talk about on a daily basis that we think should be a conversation out in the world. But like, I mean, naturally, the more aggressive person does the sexier tasks and then there's all this shit that's left over. And if that's getting subverted to a man, I think that's where it gets really ugly. So how do we deal with that? Do we go get more support and leverage to do those little things? I mean, for me, it just feels so hard because again, that makes me feel not good enough. So I'm like, well, you just do those things, but that's not really very fair either. Ian provides health insurance and a steady paycheck. So I think he has the sexiest job in this household. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of those. <laughs> Um, I mean, for me, like I have such bad anxiety that I can honestly tell you guys, like I would never be able to do this job without a partner who has a steady job and a steady income and we have health insurance. And so, um, I think in our house, it's just a little different. Um, I always say like, if he comes home and the house is a mess, I'm like, I'm not good at this stay at home mom thing. And he's always like, you're not a stay at home mom. And so, um, I think for us, it's just, we again, we come back to that place where we both have our role. We both have our, um, without him, I can't do what I do. You know, without me, he can't do what he does. So I think for us, it's just a good balance. I mean, we do have, I mean, I'm sure there's times where he's like, oh my God, you're driving me fucking crazy um, because of your honeydew lists or whatever. But I think overall, like we're pretty balanced in our house. We couldn't work together though, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so you have a really strong marriage, but like, how would you, uh, how does somebody set that up for success the way that you have? I just think for us, like, like I said, from the beginning, like it's just acknowledging that each person brings something to the table and that you constantly have to acknowledge that, thank them, show appreciation, be think, you know, I send him texts, you know, I try to at least once a week. I think I've been pretty bad about it lately, but I appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do. Um, it's just, sometimes it's just acknowledgement that you guys are in this together because you are, whether you work together, or you don't, you are in this together. And so just like us as women need to be appreciated, so do our husbands and our partners. Um, so now I'm getting super emotional. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be emasculating. Um, like Angela said earlier, you know, I, I want to be a woman. Like I, I like to get my hair done and I like to get my nails done and I like shitty trashy reality TV and I'm a girl. Um, just because I go out and work like a man doesn't mean that I don't want to be a woman, but, um, it's just hard. Like there's stuff that just has to get done and somebody has to do it. And if you're in a dynamic where somebody is more apt to just do it you just do it because you can't stand that it doesn't get done um but i don't want to be emasculating like i literally could not imagine one woman on the planet that would say that they want to be the man or that they want to be emasculating like that's crazy to me no comments about me making more money 
than him. And so I don't know if I feel like I've, I mean, I probably have emasculated him, but I know that outside um, people certainly have made comments and I don't like it. Like it pisses me off. Mind your business. Yeah. I, I know that I definitely do. Um, I don't think it's intentional by any means. I just think it's a byproduct of our job. Um, we're really visible, you know, I couldn't do my job without him doing the paperwork stuff. Cause that's not me. I'm not good at that. Um, you know, he's really good at making spreadsheets and he's probably the smartest person I've ever met. And so I have to find some way to make this relationship look like I deserve to be there a little bit. Right. So I'm the more social one and the one that's good with people. Um, I'm not saying that he's not, he just happens to be really freaking smart and really good at like back end things and business type things. And I'm not, um, so that's a really good balance, but, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I work so hard is I want to make sure that people understand that I, I fit into this relationship too, because, you know, oftentimes we see those relationships with people out walking or, um, on Facebook that like, it's very lopsided, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't want to be lopsided. <laughs> I want to, I want to work really hard and, and show people that I deserve to be with my husband, you know? Um, but he does something that's really, really, really cool. And it means the world to me. And he may not know that he does um, when he does this, but he leaves me these little notes on my desk, these little post-it notes. Um, and before he left on vacation, he left me something. And it was really, really, really nice to see that while he was gone. And it really helped me like, it sounds really stupid, but I've never been alone with my kids without my husband um, ever. So this week has been really challenging for me because like I said, I don't have that maternal instinct. So I'm constantly trying to figure out like, okay, so what would Josh do? Like how would Josh, um, where, where should we go with the kids? Like what activities should we do? Well, it's extra hard because we're not allowed to go anywhere really right now. <laughs> so, so I've been forced to be a mom and while that sounds really terrible, that's not how I mean it. Um, it's been harder for me to connect with my kids on that level, but that, that small gesture, that meant the world to me. Um, and it was nice to be able to read that and know that I'm doing a good job and um, I'm doing the best I can. You are infinitely better mom than you give yourself credit for. You have two great kids and you are teaching them how to be caring and giving and successful and you are infinitely better than you give yourself credit for Angela. Thank you. Agreed. So I guess if I was going to recap this, I would just try to say, um, put your priorities and your focus where it matters. And that always comes before your business. It should always come before your business. And also, um, if you are that driven high D aggressive personality, be careful of the wake that you leave behind you and the way that you treat the most important people in your lives and make sure that you're pouring into them. And if you are that less aggressive, high C, high S personality, um, your high D is exhibiting a shit ton of puffery. <laughs> And probably most of that high D is coming from 
feeling insecure, feeling unloved, feeling unwanted, or feeling like they need to work to prove themselves in some ways. So tell them that you love them. Tell them that you see them. Tell them that you appreciate them. Um, go learn each other's love languages. Everybody hears love in a different frequency, and it can be really tough when, when those frequencies don't match each other. Um, but you know, it's not okay to have big, 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 big businesses and let everything fall apart on the home front. So, I mean, this is real stuff that happens to everybody. Um, just take care of your people and the business will always be there. Thank you guys for spending time with us um, and listening to us get super emotional. And um, we hope that it makes a difference for you to just know that you're not alone as you navigate through these crazy waters. We love you guys. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.